give up playing with light ass strings? Oh no! You play with some. You play with like thin strings. I play with nines, man. But in D standard, yeah. <laughs> in D standard, man. I that's like I, uh, I, every time I play with your Les Paul, I'm just like these are noodle strings. Yeah, man, man makes it easy, you know. But uh, yeah, I guess I'll give up bad guitar tone for your lit. <laughs> <laughs> Bad guitar tone, dude. Give it up. No, but what sucks about those super thin strings when you're playing that low of a tuning, it's like you press down on the fretboard and it's almost like you're pushing down too hard. It's you do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You can almost go out of tune. Exactly. Just, just pressing down. If you're if, especially if you're not used to it. But dude, yeah, I and I'd be gripping the hell out of my guitar. Yeah. Like but my dad plays with I think it's 12s with a wound G, but he plays an E standard. <laughs> I think that's freaking nuts. I remember being like young and him being like, no, I asked him, I was like, Dad, do you have any guitar strings? He's like, yeah, slaps a pack of like a Dario's on my lap. Wound G 12s. I'm like, oh, I need to pull. And I was like, Dad, I need to, I need to like go to like E flat. And he's like, son, I play an E with these damn shit. Said, and I quote, quit being a pussy. (laughs) Dang, man. I think I must have been like 12 years old. Yeah. And yeah. And then I haven't gone back since, like at all. I love playing with that wound G in 12s. Your dad was trying to teach you some stuff when you were younger? Dude. Show you a little guitar here and there? Not even... When you're in a house with Mark Broussard, it's more so like it's just a lot of singing. Mm. Um, and so it, it was more so my grandfather, my papa and dad was just like, "Let me teach you some stuff." <laughs> yeah, and it, it was either, it was either freaking, you know, the band Yes. Yeah. It was either that stuff or it was chicory and some jazz music because my dad's a, my, I mean, my papa was a very very big jazz fan. Yeah, a great guitar player, too. I mean, um, did you ever really get, like, a full story on your grandfather? You know, I know he's he's done a lot. Isn't he even, like, Louisiana Hall of Fame? Okay, I think um, my brain's, like, Wikipedia right now. It could could be some random-ass information. (laughs) It could be something crazy. But the last time I checked, I'm pretty sure. So he's played with this group called the Boogie Kings. And the Boogie Kings ended up winning a Grammy, I'm pretty sure. Either winning a Grammy or going into the Louisiana Hall of Fame or some shit like that. And he played on he played on one or two tracks on that album. But he didn't go to the Grammys for it. Sure. Um oh gosh, I forgot what band he played in the eighties, but they all wore white suits, you know, like this you know, like Miami Vice from the eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, oh snap! That type of stuff, like suited up, Papa Ted's on Vox and guitar, super tight, full band. I think after that, he just started playing with my guitar uh, with my dad off and on. But he's he's been playing with my dad, or he used to have my dad come up on his set sometimes. But now, they like to see the Teddy B and Mark Bruce our duo. <laughs> it, the crowd loves it. The yeah. crowd freaking goes crazy for the Teddy B and Mark Broussard duo. What kind of guitar was he was he playing back in the day? You still get to use some of his gear anymore? Or? Um, he was the one that actually gave me that twin reverb, uh, super reverb. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That you saw in my house. Um, he plays with this super pretty Fender Stratocaster. It's got EMGs in it. 
Um, Which I'm not a big EMG guy. I'm not a big fan of EMGs. I feel like they're too hot. Mm. No. I like I like normal Fender clean tone. Yeah, but um, that thing plays like a charm. He's had it since the '80s, and that thing still. Yeah, I see you on your Snap stories doing some of them jazz chords. I'm like, well, I don't know where this boy is getting this from, but dude, it's Papa out, Ted, he's out man. Here, bro. <laughs> it's Papa Ted that's like showing me all this stuff. He just got a new guitar, actually. Um, he got a new Yamaha hollow body, hmm. and it, it's a it's a demo. Like this is like a very new guitar right now. And I got to play it at the house the other day. I was like, holy moly, this guitar plays. Freaking amazing. <laughs> oh, dude. It's nice to play on some old gear, man. Uh, the Antique Mall in Burbridge, they always got some gems coming in. Sadly, they're closing, bro. They're closing like like this month or like maybe this week, honestly. But Is that where you got your where, Destroyer from? The Explorer, The bro. Explorer, yeah. Yeah, man. I got the Explorer from there. Um, oh, that yeah, it was, was a, a 1980 Gibson Explorer. Like, like 1980? 1980. Oh, you're entering the 80s in that boy. That bad boy drops. <laughs> I mean, it was, uh, he always had some cool stuff coming in there, man. It's so sad to see it, it closing down because I've never been. Yeah, man. It, it, he had a, um, he had a, he had a, a flow of, of, of antiques coming in there and he was changing out guitars pretty frequently. So it was, it was kind of like having a little music store in, in like Burr Bridge, you know? Yeah. It's pretty cool, man. Um, I've even seen I've even seen Justin talking in there one day. I'm like, Tiger, what are you doing in here? Like, what? He's like, I love antique ball. I was like, bro, what? what? Why is he in Brobridge? Bro, if it, they people people know about it, dude, <laughs> like, I still haven't gone yet. When do when they closing down? Do you know? Like next week. Oh, yeah. I might as well go make and a run. And there's not nearly as much in there, bro. It's like it's, everything's gone. Everything's being sold and. Um, end of an era for sure. I don't do enough like guitar browsing to be honest. I yeah. I don't do any of that at all, which is ridiculous. I really, I have a, I have my hands on this SG Epiphone that I've had for a long time, and the tone knob has a kill switch on it. Mm. And so for those loose weeper sets, would go crazy. Oh my gosh! Oh, oh, I had this like. I had that uh, Line 6 pod that I was borrowing from John. So I got that whammy in it. So it'd be like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was awesome. Like some Tom Morello or some Buckethead. Very, very Buckethead. Buckethead. The crowd doesn't know who Buckethead is. But at the same time, they're just like, man, whatever this guy is doing, I freaking love it. (laughs) It's like overstimulating. You're kind of confused about what you're hearing. Yeah. But... um. I had to retire it or temporarily retired the guitar because I, I busted the nut. <laughs> I busted the nut. The nut is busted Dude. and broken, so I got to get it retouched up on. Dude, that old, that Meteor I've got, it's not that old. I call it old because it's been on the road so much that yeah. I've had to like fill in that, like the B string, the B slot on the nut, like three or four times like oh. it just gets it's getting used bro what do you use for that um so they 
for a while I was bringing it to Lafayette Music and they were filling it up for me, but I've just got some, uh, I actually ordered some stuff from Stu Mac online. It's like little, Stu like, Mac, like little, little bone dust, dude, a little uh, bone dust, like a little like ceramic dust or whatever. And you put it in there, put some super glue in there and just raise it up and then file it back down to size or that. To, to height that you want. And, uh, and now I, now I don't have to bring it in anymore. I just do it myself, but yeah, oh. I played the shit out of that guitar, bro. It probably needs a, just a replacement altogether. But go go bring it in the guitar center or something. Fuck no, dude! No, I'm never guitar. bringing a yeah. guitar back to guitar center. Bro. What happened? The what was the what happened the last time you brought a guitar bro, in the guitar my, center? I had a um I had a Red Strat, and nice. I, I put some new pickups in there, like Al Nico Five, Seymour Duncan's, nice pickups. I I go into guitar center, and all I needed was was the strings. Like I was just fixing the action. Yeah. I just needed the strings taken down, and they give it back to me, and the pickup's dead. I'm like what? Oh, have y'all done? Like gosh. what? What could have possibly gone wrong? And they're like, I was dead when you gave it to me. I was like, it was really not. It was really working perfectly fine. <laughs> and then you fucked it up. I, I would know because I was playing it all the time. <laughs> I was playing it. Like, and, and it was just the neck pickup died, which is like what I you play the strap for is this yeah. neck pickup, and it's gone. It's gone now. It's never been revived. I bring it to somewhere. I bring it to Lafayette Music. They cannot fix it. Dude, I would lose my mind. <laughs> I was so fucking pissed. How off. old were you? <laughs> this was fucking. Um, this was. This was like. Was this a little teen Pablo being like, "Fuck you, guitars"? This was like senior year of high school, man. So you were you had that senior angst and you were ready to <laughs> whoop some ass, dude. Like, <laughs> dude mm. No, uh, was it? God, there's this one guy that used to work at guitar center. I, I don't know his name, but I, th- I think it was the bald guy that did all the guitar stuff. Yeah, I know. I think I know who you're talking about. We never brought our shit down because he would constantly fuck our shit up. Like, yeah. it was so bad. <laughs> no, dude. Yeah, now I bring it to Lafayette Music or I just try and do it myself. It really pays to fix your guitar yourself. But, oh, one day, one day, hopefully, I can, I, I can afford a guitar tech. <laughs> well, I feel like every guitar player should know the in and outs of his own guitar yeah. and should know how to freaking, my dad's guitar player, like, fix everybody else's instrument and his like he knows how to do everything yeah. that's so killer i think every guitar player should have that quality being like need your action i agree man yeah and i need to learn how to like change pickups i've always wanted oh, to learn how to yeah do that. yeah that would be helpful too but and that's a good point because not just fixing your guitar and stuff but like how audio works period like if you know your guitar is not coming through the speakers you got to a input path that you got to follow. You got to make sure yeah. you know what the hell's happening because one of your guitar pedal <laughs> cables is all wonky. Like, you know, your the cables are always wonky, bro. bro I know, but always wonky. <laughs> it's just like there's so much more you got to know about music than just like just to be able to play the guitar. Yeah. So much, so much more you got to think about to, to be successful doing it. I mean, it's. It gets overwhelming sometimes. You want to learn how to be a successful guitar player? Learn how to play Brown Eyed Girl. Oh, yeah. That's what, your, that's what your dad told you, huh? Yeah, dude. That's what my dad tells me all the time. He's like, got to learn how to play Brown Eyed Girl. I'm like, dude, I, I've heard this since I was 11. I'm, you got to learn it the right way, too. Dude, yeah. 
and just learn the GCD. You gotta. No, you have to learn the whole thing. It's kind of like it's kind of like learning Billy Jean on the drums. Mm, yeah, yeah. You you, you want to get that pocket good? Learn learn Billy Jean on drums, dude. It's insane. Yeah. My dad used to tell me that when I would drum upstairs. We had a drum kit at my house upstairs. And I'd be jamming. And he'd be like, learn Billy Jean. And so I'd be like, for like three freaking hours. Dude. Yeah. You have to, there's like little shits in there that you got to like, you got to hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a bad idea, man. I'd like to be a better drummer. Probably should try and piece that one together. Dude, I wish I was a better drummer. All I do is like hardcore. So I just go fast. <laughs> yeah, I just go fast. All I do is blast beats all the time. <laughs> Likes to go and get it. Oh, dude. <laughs> the, the, them legs playing playing double kick like that. Yeah. Insane. You gotta do that. You gotta do that leg roll or that foot roll. The uh mm. Oh that swivel. The <laughs> oh, freaking, yeah. drummer. freaking drummer for you know about Golgothan? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, drummer for Golgothan. Oh, Dude, that boy, that boy, good cook by the by the way, but also freaking phenomenal drummer. His feet go so fast. Oh, dude! <laughs> I remember the last time I saw Golgothan. Yeah, last time I saw Golgothan, I was like, I was just paying attention to the drummer, and the bass just hit me in my chest. Oh yeah. Thousand RP uh BPM. Thousand BPM. <laughs> I think I've been drinking too as well, so it's like the kick drum was messing with my stomach and the beer. Oh. It's like, dude, I think I gotta go puke. <laughs> dude, you gotta go see Golgothan. Yeah. I know you don't listen to that type of music, but there's so much fun. Yeah, dude, I really do have a good time in Lafayette. Listen to to all kinds. I mean, really, what I listen to on Spotify is, you know. One thing, but when I go see live, bro, I, I could enjoy anything, man. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, took me a minute to realize that, but I freaking love, <laughs> I love heavy, man. Dude, I love heavy music, too. And that's a weird coming from, like, Mark Broussard's sign. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, that's freaking it is insane. Weird, bro. You, I mean, you could have been, you could have been right there in the... In in the stream of uh, you know just oh playing playing for him doing the, oh. the soul doing the I remember the exact same I remember the exact moment that I knew or my mom even knew when my dad fucked up <laughs> by showing me no more tears by Ozzy Osbourne oh. that's a song that Zach Wilde's on he's playing slide on it the yeah. second that my dad showed me that he saw me headbanging in the back of the car I must have been <laughs> eight or nine years old and my mom like looks at my dad was like Mark. We lost him. We <laughs> lost him. And at the at the time, I was uh, I was playing a shit ton of Guitar Hero Three. Yeah. So I already knew I already knew that I was gonna get into heavy music eventually. I was listening. I was playing Slipknot songs at like six years old on Guitar Hero. My dad was like, "We gotta take this damn game away. <laughs> take this devil music. Away. Yeah, we gotta take this devil yeah. music. Yeah. For the longest time, I had to go behind their back." Because I love Pantera and I love Slayer and I love Metallica, and I remember, I remember one time I showed up to my parents' house. Must have been thirteen, and I got back from Fye, and I had a bag filled with CDs, and so I tried to run as fast as I could to my room, and then my mom's like, "What? 
you got in the bag? <laughs> she's like, she's like flipping through. <laughs> and thank the Lord, I put like my Cannibal Corpse CD in my back pocket because she would have shat herself. <laughs> the album was called Too Many Mutilated. <laughs> oh, no. The first track was like Hammered Smash Face. Second track is like Icon Blood. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. Dude, the crazy, crazy track list. I'm so happy that my mom only found the Pantera CD. Dang. But yeah, you should get grounded for listening uh, for listening to that devil music, <laughs> that ass. I think that was actually the strictest rule that they had. I couldn't listen to Pantera because the what? music was so vulgar. Yeah, and I was also like, you know how like when you're first hitting puberty, you're just like gets you got all these mood swings, you're more aggressive <laughs> than usual. So all that pent up rage for a 13 year old was getting mixed with freaking. Freaking five minutes alone. <laughs> it was awesome, man. Dude, but your dad's got a, a dark side too, huh? He's he listens to some heavy stuff too. Uh, dude, no, not really, man. I, I it's uh, I'm slowly itching him into the heavy stuff. He does really like Alice in Chains. Uh like RP Lane Staley. He freaking loved Lane Staley's vocals. He also he kinda likes Soundgarden a little bit. Um loved chris carnell yeah but when it comes to like the shit that me and my brother listened to was like i don't understand how you're gonna listen to this yeah well you you definitely <laughs> you definitely have shown me some of the craziest oh, music dude. i've ever heard dude that freaking hardcore though i think there's something about beat down just like that freaking awesome drum group and that freaking those hardcores are so simple but they hit and they're catchy i think that's also what makes my brain go the singer's just like, oh, wait, what did I say earlier about the freaking Kublai Khan thing? The singer for Kublai Khan was like, I did not come all the way here to watch y'all sit on y'all's ball sacks. <laughs> now take the other person right next to you and turn them into guacamole and tell me what it tastes like. Dude, that's how you get a crowd to freaking start <laughs> circle moshing. No, man, I went like to like see Jesus piece with my roommate. Oh my gosh. And she's a tiny little girl, man. Yeah. She's tiny. Yeah. And she's like, uh, there's a band that came on uh, stage. They're called Scowl. And she, it's a woman front lead. So she's very like, my roommate's like, okay, I have to see this in person. So they get up on stage and she looks at me, hold my shit. And she's in the, she, that's probably the fastest circle pit I've ever seen in my freaking <laughs> life. Dude, they're like, they're like jogging, dude. Not even jogging. They're like full sprinting. It was nuts. And it was a slow song. Like, why are you running that fast? In the middle of the circle, this guy's like. There should be a rule. Dude, there should be a rule. No karate in the pit. <laughs> no karate in the pit. No karate in the pit. <laughs> Although, like, you can't help yourself when you go to events like that, though. The second a breakdown, a nasty ass breakdown hits. The second that you're like, you start to blow up your fist. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening? <laughs> this song is starting to sound like I should let everybody know in this venue that I have these hands right now. <laughs> Dude, especially if you're on some substances that might make you not feel so many things. You gonna, uh, I was on, I was on a few Paradise Parks. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, that's not too bad. But yeah, yeah. if you. Uh, you can't feel your body and you go into a mosh pit, you're going to wake wake up the next day uh, feeling, feeling it. it. <laughs> no. Interesting fact, like majority of the hardcore scene is straight edge. 
So oh. a lot of these people going through these shows don't even drink. They don't smoke. Right. They don't even they don't even smoke cigarettes, man. Like they that's just kind of the edge of rebelling. Like they they've rebelled enough to get there because they, they must have come from a pretty pretty tight household. Oh, most definitely. Some of these some of these people come from like crazy ass families. You know what I mean? Like yeah. really, really crazy families. So they've seen people struggling with addiction. Mm. That's what some of the, most of these hardcore bands are writing about too. Just like yeah. problems with their family life. That's why all these bands are straight edge. They're like, oh, I don't want any. I don't want any part of that. I don't want any part of that freaking Red Bull. Yeah, <laughs> we get some more Red Bulls for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have a damn heart attack. What freaks me out about Lafayette is like going to a bar and just watching one of the bartenders shotgun a Red Bull. Have you ever seen that happen? Not with a Red Bull. Oh my gosh. It is so scary. Like, why do you have to do that? Just take an Adderall before work. Yeah. Well, I feel like I feel like it's not impressing anybody. It's like, hey, lady, you want to see me shotgun this freaking Red Bull? <laughs> Those big cans, too. Like, yeah. why are you doing that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Your heart. <laughs> Dude, I feel like there should be an Adderall dispenser. Bradley, do you think you can get us some more Red Bulls? Thank you, man. <laughs> some more Red Bulls. Thank you, man. <laughs> we had to put paper over the Red Bulls. Because, <laughs> man, no one's sponsoring us, man. We, you know, not getting paid for your branding, so. We're getting, we're getting sponsored by paper. I'm going to write uh, your ad here. <laughs> Dude, we should have... She got green paper, so you could put anything oh, you want that, on that it. Smart, dude. It wouldn't that Thanks, be man. so tight? Yeah, I think you should just. Yeah. I think you should definitely get a freaking green screen just for fun, like the yeah. whole this thing. Yeah. Yeah, I thought about a green screen for uh, <laughs> making some videos, man. <laughs> you, should have a, you should definitely have a segment where you're like you get some, you get a guest on the show. I call this segment like green out or whatever. <laughs> kind of like, kind of like, <laughs> but like you're getting stone as hell, but you, you also got this green screen. So you just like push buns on the computer. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. okay, we're at an aquarium now. We're in a lava pit. I think that's super tight. I think that'd be <laughs> rock and roll. You should have did that with Lee Allen. And <laughs> <laughs> just have like cat videos behind Lee Allen and then it. <gasps> It Dude, I think that would have been perfect. Like a big dude eating spaghetti or something. Dude, he even he's like such a like, he's such a sweet, 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 sweet guy. Yeah, yeah, real humble dude, man. It was it was kind of tough, kind of pulling some of these stories out because I, I know he's lived some crazy life, dude. And uh, I just want to be like Lee, just like brag on you. So tell me what you what you've been doing, man. <laughs> like, tell me about yourself. Tell me, come on, man. Um, no, dude. But he's so humble, and and you know, uh, you wouldn't get a, a career like that unless you kept your head down. Most definitely, playing Zydeco. Yeah, man. Travel the world. Tell me about your side of the. Uh, what, what you want to say? Scene. Oh yeah. Yeah, I want to know, dude. I mean, tell me some stories, Pablo. Dude, I mean, when I was when I was nineteen, I kind of moved back to Lafayette from Baton Rouge from from LSU. I was about to say, and I didn't really have anything lined up. Like I didn't have. I was playing with Joe Bryson at the time, and Joe uh, freaking Bryson, I forgot about and, that. And we boy. were pretty stoked to just be playing like the varsity, and then to play for um, some 
some like football tailgates. We did like the old row tailgate tour. Nice, which we which we nice. got kicked off of in like two in two shows. Why? Well, they ran out of money. It was the oh, first time they were doing it. Okay. And so they started cutting cutting corners and we were like the first corner to get cut. And, oh, and dude, then, it's so and then they like they cut another corner. I mean like they, they did it was their first time doing this thing, yeah. which was like um they they would basically put on an event for old road tailgates. Uh so it was like a college game, SEC mm-hmm. game and They'd put on this thing and try and get these college kids to come to a show, but they'd get like three bands, and uh, three bands and a DJ, and it was just overplanned and way overplanned. They ran out of money real quick. Yeah, I was about to say that's a good way to lose some but, money. Um, but yeah, once once that was kind of over with, I uh, I was like, I need to get whatever gig I can, man. Any gig that was came my way, I took it. So I was playing with. Um, with Buckwheat Jr., which was I was super lucky to get because I was playing with Lil Buck beforehand, yeah. before I left for LSU, and whenever I was learning with Lil Buck, he was kind of teaching me the Buckwheat songs because Lil Buck played with Buckwheat, yeah. And so whenever Buckwheat Jr. was trying to do put the show back on, mm-hmm. uh, he was like, "You're the last person Lil Buck taught, so you know the stuff." So you know, come come play with us. And so that was pretty sweet. We played maybe like. Well, not that much, maybe like six times a year. Oh, but damn. but in those six times, they were they were festivals and they were some of my bigger gigs. I was about to say. So it was it was kind of awesome. It was a great experience, and I, it gave me an opportunity to kind of get better at playing big venues without, um, you know, without really overworking myself because yeah. I was still in college. Um, Ooh, yes. So I'm at I'm at UL, and then uh, and then I started my own bands, and I started. Um, hazy days well, I, before hazy days was glitch in the system and i forgot <laughs> about glitch so in the I, system like, holy shit so so ever since i was 19 i was i was just trying to write really younger than that trying always trying to make a band and, yeah and write original music and then finally had had glitch come together with just some friends from ul and just some friends from high school and stuff and then um what was it what kind of music did y'all play Dude, well, it was all originals. So, but it was it was like punk. So the lead singer Garrett, yeah, Garrett, listen, uh-huh. love Garrett. He he listened to a lot of Suicide Boys, so he was kind of rapping, and so it was kind of oh like God. this Seattle grunge to a you know a rapper, and we we're having fun, but um, Rage Against the Machine type of stuff, kind of almost. I mean, um. Almost, almost Red Hot Chili Peppers too. Ooh, you know, but you know, there's there was just different different ideas for what what we wanted to do, and I definitely had was trying to figure out what I was trying to do with my music career. And glitch in the system wasn't your thing. It was close. It was it was fun, but it yeah. was. Uh, I just knew that if I wanted to do something, I was gonna have to. To work on myself, I was gonna have to to be my own front man to to really really play exactly what it what it was I had in mind. Because you can't; it's hard for everyone to have the same vision. Yes, and that's why it's hard making a band. That's what's so admirable about any any band that that's making it happen is because it takes a commitment. Yeah, everyone has to be committed to an idea, and that is that's the hardest part. And so. 
that's you know. Yeah, that's part of the reasons why I didn't really like being the Loser Weepers because, oh my gosh, it was head clashing 24-7. It's like, oh, we should do this or we should do that. This is the direction that we should go with our music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so after Witch in the System, yeah. was that Hazy Days? There was, was Hazy Days next, but I was also playing for, uh, I was I was playing at well, one time for like, like five bands at once because I was just taking all the gigs I could get. So I had my own band. I was playing guitar for Jansen Mott, for um, for Buckwheat, and then the Buckwheat Zydeco gig led to Horace Traha. So I was playing for Horace. Yeah. And then I was playing for um, Gerald Grunig and just a couple other people here and there. Like I filled in some spots for the late nights and for, uh, Mia Montero and just like other, other musicians in the area, just kind of filling in spots. But the majority of my gigs were from Horace Strong Hall. I was about to say that's a pretty big gig. Yeah. Horace was, uh, was the, the best gig for me, honestly, because it was, um, I bet you got man, some we probably, stories, huh? we probably played, you know, a hundred shows a year and then <laughs> had, uh, it was a ton of experience, man. It gave me a ton of of sh- stage time, yeah. and it just got me way more comfortable on stage. It got me um, way more familiar with my instrument and with the fretboard, and like I just had so much time. It was kind of like a Cajun jam band because Horace had me for a little while. He had a sax player too, and the, the um, you know rug board bass player drummer. Uh-huh. And accordion, and so we're switching solos. We're, we're passing solos, solos around yeah. from from the guitar <laughs> to the the saxophone player. Even the bass player was getting a solo. I was like, okay, this is like a jam band. Yeah, this I was is, about to say it's a jam is, band. This is basically just a, a Zydeco Cajun jam band because I'm I'm just sitting on the one chord the whole song, and then I get a little time to solo, That's and then I'm so back cool. to the back to the chord. Uh-huh. And uh, you do that for three hours a night. Uh, 120 plus times a year then you you get really really comfortable you know you, you have a lot of time to to figure stuff out <laughs> and so that's, that's freaking nuts one thing i realized from these zydeco bands is so much of the practicing we did uh-huh. was just playing the actual shows <laughs> like you just were rehearsing on stage yeah for a bigger show that you were going to play so, at some point in your life but by going out there and just going do it you just got tighter by doing the shows, and I take that takes you know it's a little easier whenever you're you're joining a band that's already been established and already uh, been playing for years and years. Yeah. But uh, you know if if the front man has his stuff together, then the musicians can catch on quicker than not. And yeah, um, and then was it fun? Oh, dude, it was a blast. It was it it did definitely change my relationship with music because. Playing that many times a year definitely makes you, you know, look at music differently. And like, at some point, I was just listening to the music that I needed to learn. Yeah. And not so much listening to it for enjoyment. But, um, and also, the, you know, three hour gigs are a little hard, a little tough because, um, you got a guitar, you know, any, any, anyone really, you're, it's physical physical energy you're exerting for three hours you can get tired and uh and you gotta you gotta pack you gotta pack the trailer after and you gotta drive drive home do it again the next day it can it can really make you start looking at it like work but that's so 
it's so little of a point compared to the idea that, man, I'm getting paid to play music. It's like it, even when it becomes like work, I just always remember, dude, I am so freaking lucky and so freaking yeah. grateful to be making money doing what I love. And dude, it's, it's hard to come by, to be honest. It makes it all worth it, man. And, but, but really, if you want to make money playing other, if you want to make money playing music, you've got to play other people's music. I was about to say, yeah, that's why you got to learn Brown Eyed Girl. That's <laughs> right, right. Dude, that's why so, you got to learn all this shit. Even like joining a wedding, wedding band, you're yeah. still walking out with a lot of money. Yeah. But, but yeah, so I mean, that's, that was kind of the idea too, is like, I was having a great time. But I still wasn't playing my music. Yeah, I still wasn't expressing myself in the entire way that I wanted to. But I had a great time, and I love playing guitar, really. And if you if you can be disciplined enough to learn someone else's gig and pick that up, then you can make a living playing music, man. It's yeah, it it's possible. Um, and while I'm doing that, I'm I'm honing my skills to to be ready when I'm ready to put my own stuff out. I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling sharp right now. I haven't been like, um, sitting on the couch all day. I've, I've been, I've been gigging and now it's time for me to really put what I'm, what I'm trying to do out there. It's time to open a can of whoop ass. <laughs> I know. Huh? Time to open a can of whoop ass, dude. <laughs> yeah. So I'm stoked, man. I, I had a, a great time and Horace was one of the coolest figures of my life, bro. He, uh, Taught me a lot about the music industry. Taught me a lot about professionalism and about um, just about what what it means to live a happy life. You know, Horace. It's awesome. Horace is a, a a real real spiritual guy. I've got him coming on next week. Actually, I'm pretty excited, Ooh. man. Um, but yeah, man, Horace was. Uh, you know, he, he he gets to play music when he wants, and he's got uh, a side hustle of. of you know, cutting grass business and doing real estate. And so he, he makes his money and has a family and he's got, you know, two kids and, um, he's got a farm with some, some cows and some chickens and that sounds uh, so nice actually. And just, and just has a, you know, lives his life and it's, you know, he gets to play when he wants and he gets to play these festivals and he's played in Paris. He's played in, uh, in Paris. or in France and in Canada and, been, been around man he's, he's had a successful career and started making me think like what what does it mean to to have a successful music career yes you know what does that mean and and for so long i, I wanted to just dominate the world and and you know take over man but honestly that isn't exactly success well no and if you don't have time to see your kids grow up and you don't have time to um to, to get hit some of the life moments that you want. I mean, it's a lot to consider, but also you gotta, it's, it's tough to have kids at all and you gotta provide for them and you gotta, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine having a kid today. And so <laughs> like, dude, it, especially on music. So oh, dude, my dad had me at 20 dude and he was touring. Yeah, man. It's, dude, and that's it's a, freaking nuts. I, I hear all the stories and like, breaks my heart for both my parents when they're telling me the stories like, my dad would go a month or two without being able to see a little baby boy. Yeah, man. That's I think that's freaking nuts and heartbreaking. And that's what I'm like scared about. 
That's why I need to get my touring done now. That's what I'm saying, man. That's I, why I want to go on tour now while I still don't have a child. And yeah, you better stay that way. <laughs> oh yeah, most definitely, dude. We don't need a uh, we don't need a little baby Daytona right now. No man. Oh heck no. Yeah, it it is pretty admirable, man. Like that, you know. Even my dad, like, he, he wasn't always at the baseball game or at, at whatever just because he was working to yeah. to give us a really good life, and he really did give us a great life. And that's that's a blessing, and it makes you kind of reevaluate how do you want to spend your life and how do you want to spend your money and doing what. Like, I would love to be successful enough to provide a real good life for somebody, not just kind of... Oh, I made it for myself, and then I can't support anyone else. I can't. Yeah, I can't n- nurture a family. I mean, that takes a lot of work. So I'm hoping to to really get out there and go get it <laughs> and go get that bag. Oh yeah, man. No, dude, I'm on the same page as you. I would really like to grab the world by the balls, low yeah. key. <laughs> oh, no. I feel like I get. I, I really want to dismantle some oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. I don't know. I just want to do something different with music. I feel like I'm not quite doing it yet, though. Yeah, but you're young, man. Figuring it out. Uh, I'm I'm young too. I, I like to just think that I want to be there already, and I just I just Dude. want it. I want it bad, but and it's almost like you can see that vision too. You can oh, yeah. see it, and that's what sucks so bad about the vision <laughs> because like there. you you see it, yeah. and you're just like, why am I not fucking there right now? Yeah, I see it. Why why am I not there? It's, all, it's also like trying to get off your lazy ass and doing that. <laughs> I have a really bad problem with being lazy, man. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm like, I don't have recording stuff in my house, so I have to go to my parents' house to record all my demos. Yeah. And it's even when I'm like, even when I go to my parents' house, we always end up like drinking a shit ton. The next day, I'm like, oh, I'm like I don't like, I don't feel like recording any demos right now. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah. But yeah, it's just recording the music. Yeah, lately I've been I've been feeling good though. I've been feeling the just enjoying the the grind and enjoying the the journey. It's like you know, at some point you're, it's gonna be over. It's gonna be past. And like, I don't want to think about that. I don't yeah. want to think about that shit. Let's just enjoy life now. Yeah, you've been get you've been having it good lately, huh? Yeah, dude, I was about to say, like, <laughs> you just fucking good. graduated college. Yeah. You got some freaking, who, who are you gigging with right now? Still with Gerald Grunig a little bit. Uh, that's it, the it, guy that was on the news with yeah. the accordion so guy. Gerald's the KLFY anchor, or not an anchor, but he does, um, he does like the Acadiana Eats segment and the local music scene. Yes. Um, does like local music highlights. And uh, he did a highlight on me when I was like, 19 right didn't and, and I he's older yeah gerald's like 31 maybe um and he did that spotlight on me and i was so like gerald i mean i'm not in a band like i'm not doing anything like why, why would you do a spotlight on me it doesn't make any sense like because you're a freaking badass and, and <laughs> i was just like dude thank you man i appreciate it and he's just like yeah I mean, it doesn't have to be anything like just get on here and do it like like all right man so and then now he's seen me do what i've done over the past three years and, and i'm mm-hmm. still playing with him now and you know that's now me playing for him is like you know kind of crazy because 
when I first met him, he, he didn't have anything. He didn't have a band. He didn't even pick up the accordion yet. And then I think he's only been playing the accordion for three years, maybe four years. And, and he did a pretty good job when I saw him at Grosser. Oh yeah, within four years, he's picked up. Uh, he's picked up a ton of a ton of gigs and a ton of talent, and just made it happen, man. But he had the, you know, he had the clout to to get the best band and and laugh. Yeah, man, he's got Lee Allen on bass. I was about to say Kevin. he's a really good pe- people person. Dude, great. Uh, great dude man he's got he's like he, he's like that all the time man even at practices <laughs> freaking energizer bunny dude that's you gotta have that though you have to have oh, that dude so that what's that's what makes a band fun like a fun time oh yeah even when we were when i was doing losers weeper stuff even for the practices i was still like jumping around in the band members faces like oh come on <laughs> beat the shit out of each other it's practice but it's okay yeah and the Moose's Weepers shows used to be so much fun. Dude, I mean, that was an era, honestly. Like, you living at the Weepers' house. At <laughs> such a young age. I'm, I was 17 years old with three other guys. It Before the drummer moved in, it was just me, the singer, and the bass player. And eventually the drummer moved in, but it was just a 17-year-old with... Three other guys ranging from 21 to 23. Maybe, yeah, 21 to 23. And you're 17. I am fucking 17 years old. <laughs> it's nuts, man. I remember, oh, dude. I remember this memory clear as day. So it was when COVID was coming around and I had woken up sick as hell. Oh, my God. And there was so many fucking people at the house. This is back when the drummer, so... The drummer's room in the house was the studio, and I was uh, sleeping in the studio at the time. Mm. And I woke up in like a cold sweat, and there's people everywhere in the house. I'm like, "What the hell is going on? I'm sick. Everybody, get the fuck out!" Uh-huh. And our friend's girlfriend came up to me, like put her hand on my forehead, was like. Oh my God, I want to go grab you some medicine while everybody's still at the house. There's a freaking party going on. That was my life. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was yeah. my freaking life. It was nuts. Like, freaking, you're sick. Who gives a fuck? We're still throwing a party. Yeah. It was nuts. I, oh, we all caught a break one month when we all caught COVID at the same time. That was that was Dang. a nice little party break. Dang. We didn't need to throw any more parties. <laughs> Yeah. No, we were th- like you know, we were throwing parties every fucking weekend. Yeah, it was nuts. Good parties, man. <laughs> Bro, I mean, what? How and, much how money was... did we spend on beer? I don't even know. Oh, dude, and I just I can't imagine the cleanup, bro. <gasps> oh my gosh, it was like I mean, like it... I just remember seeing videos of the <laughs> Halloween party, which I wish I could have gone to, and like it being slammed. Dude, there was mud all over the fucking house. Like, there were so many people in the house. If you were in the living room trying to get to the backyard, it took you 30 to 40 minutes. It was absolutely insane. I remember the next day, me and the singer slept in the same bed because we're so fucked up. We're just like, let's just bunk together. And we wake up, and it's like, oh, oh. And he goes, he's like, go look at the floor. And so I open the door and I look at the hallway 
Are we had white floors, by the way. They were dark brown. Yeah. If you turn on the fan in the living room, cake cake pieces flying everywhere, <laughs> dude. It was freaking nuts, man. Because the night before, our friend threw cake in the singer's face. Yeah. It was, it was nuts. Um, also, around that time when I first moved in, me and the me and the drummer were doing drum and guitar lessons for the neighbors behind us, mm. and so we would hop over the fence. I would hop over the fence with an acoustic guitar. And I I would teach her son how to play music, and I'd, by the end of the week, I'd have like seventy five bucks maybe, and uh, that went straight to beer. My 17-year-old ass was just like, <laughs> I think I know how to party. I'm just going to go straight to beer. And what they would do is they would use some of that money to, like, they would give me food with that money. But at the same time, they would all buy IPAs and the nicest beers ever. And they would buy me a six-pack of hams, like the cheapest beer that you can get. <laughs> it was fucking awful. I was oh, drinking nice. six packs of hams every week. Have you ever had hams before? I don't think so, dude. It's like it's like drinking a rolling rock. I don't know if I've had that either, man. You never had that either? Like a natty? Like a It's like drinking a shitty natty. A shitty natty. God, dude. How did you get it? Dude, and man, it was Albertsons because we lived right across the street from Albertsons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, and how did I mean, how did your neighbors take the Hundreds of people that you slammed in this house for a <laughs> punk show in the <laughs> middle of COVID. Man, <laughs> I I wish the videos were still up because we did vlogs for Loose's Weepers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there was one vlog. I remember there was this like it was yesterday. So <laughs> there was this one time where we got we got no, we got the neighbor and we got the cops called on us like three or four times. <laughs> and eventually I put two and two together. Oh, no, we all did. And we're like, it's got to be the neighbors across the street. Because we originally thought it was the neighbors behind us. But they're like, no, we love y'all's. We love hearing y'all play music. How about y'all give our like children lessons? But we put two and two together. It's like, it's got to be those fucking neighbors across the street. <laughs> and so the, everybody was like, so who's going to go up and talk to them? And I was still 17 years old at the time. So they all looked at the 17 year olds like, hey, you should do it. And at the time I had like freaking shaved head, dyed pink, fresh, th this fresh ass tattoo. <laughs> Tatted up 17 year old punk looking kid goes up to the house. And I was like. Hey, uh, no, I knock on the door and father comes to the door. He's like, how's it going? I'm like, Hey, uh, it's come to my attention that, uh, we've been getting some noise complaints just around the neighborhood. Um, we'd really like to know what's a good time me and my band can practice. And they were like, Preferably never. And I'm like, <laughs> and, and I remember, I remember, oh my gosh. I remember talking to the guy. I was like, can you please stop calling the fucking cops? And he's like, how do you know it's us? And I'm just like, <laughs> you seem very suspicious right now. And the, the wife is in the background, like watching the whole situation go down. It's like, Super embarrassed, like embarrassed as fuck. There was some shady <laughs> shit going on with them neighbors, though. Oh, what? Some super shady shit. Like, 
It's one of those situations where like the father sucked and the, the wife was constantly like, how's it going, y'all? Like she was very nice to us, <laughs> like super nice to us. Oh my God. A freaking, uh, not dropping any names, bass player uh, for Weepers was oh, yeah. always like, bro, I think the wife's got it out for me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to go for it. <laughs> So we're always thinking about, do we have to save the day one day? How, how about that? Lose Weepers saves the neighbor's wife. No, but it was, uh, man, we were some shitheads in that neighborhood. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Freaking, the, the freaking house all to the right of us, there were some people putting it uh, for sale, but they still had their boat. And so I remember we took photo shoots in the freaking boat. Oh my gosh. And oh, we were terrible. <laughs> Dude, I would not want to live next to a punk band, bro. Especially losers fucking weepers. Dude, I, I just remember when I met Matt and I'm finally going to hang out with y'all at the house and y'all are playing. I lost so much hearing. I was about to say because we play loud. So quickly. Like I had never lost in my life. <laughs> and I lost so much hearing real quick. And, no. But it's okay. I lost more playing. Zydeco over the years, but like, dude, oh my that gosh, was a, that was a start. <laughs> no man, I a uh, freaking drummer was the only one that was smart enough to constantly wear earplugs, and it took a it took me, I would say, until so I joined the band twenty twenty. I didn't start wearing earplugs until twenty twenty one. Like late 2021, and uh, yeah, my hearing's fucked now. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on that that earplug game now, man. It's, Dude, uh, it's a safe it's a safe thing to back up on. You want to save that hearing until you're 60. Yeah. You don't want to end up being like Teddy B and talking to his grandchildren, be like, "What did you say, Papa? I love you. I hate you. Yeah, <laughs> even, I hate you too. Even some of the like the engineers at at Dockside." Like one of them's having having some big ear problems, and, and he's you know he's getting older, and it's like you know that's your livelihood. Oh, dude! So man, man, it's dude. like dang, man. <laughs> but he's still he's still I guess kind of has the feel for how you turn the knobs on the on the mixing board and stuff. So he's still yeah. kind of making it happen. But I just feel for him because like if that is your whole life, and then to have problems with your ears, I'd kind of be freaking out a little bit. But oh, dude, you yeah. know. Get that loud buzzing in your ear. But life's got to go on, I guess. I mean, how frequent? Uh, what do you call it when you get that buzzing in your ear? Tinnitus. Yeah. How often do you get it? Mm, I get it probably like, um, maybe like three, four times a year. Heard that? Yeah. Same here. You know, I would say I've been. I I've got it. I haven't gotten it yet, but I also haven't been playing music, so. <laughs> I think it's gonna change when me and my roommates and it's just form for like, that band. Like, it's just for a couple seconds, like uh, um, less than a minute. And yeah, it only happens less less than a minute. Like it just comes and goes, but oh man, my allergies. Are I was about to say, in, dude, it's oh. kicking in bad. Oh, dude, I'm so sorry. People. You need to go blow your nose real quick. You want to take a little bathroom break? Blow yeah, we can nose. take a little little bathroom break. All right, we'll be we'll be back. Yeah. Oh man, dude, I just got a job at Ulta Beauty. <laughs> Dead serious. <laughs> Um, apparently I'm a beauty advisor, so I got fired from Pizza uh, Pizzaville USA. Yeah, I got fired, dude, over some BS. But I guess I overreacted. But 
So I wanted to go to New Orleans for Mardi Gras. By the way, Mardi Gras, New Orleans, like no, French Quarter is always freaking nuts, but we weren't in the quarter. We we're in like, like a Bacchus area. Do you know what Bacchus is? Yeah. Bacchus Parade. So we did that. So we're in that area and dude, it was beautiful. It was so awesome. So I had to take off of work for that weekend. I told them, I was like, hey, I have strep. And they're like, okay, bring a doctor's excuse. I don't, I don't have strep. I just, I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to get a doctor's excuse for my roommate. <laughs> so while I'm in New Orleans, I get a text message from my boss being like, hey, I need your date of birth uh, with uh, freaking two other contacts in the group chat. It's a group chat. Why can't you just text me personally? You know what I mean? She's like, what's your, what's your date of birth? I'm like, uh, before I send it, like, why do you need it? And I kept asking, and she wasn't giving me a direct answer. And so eventually she was like, all right, fine. I'm not interested in your employment with uh, Pizzaville anyway. She's being very, very weird. Um, wow. Some sh some shady shit's going down at Pizzaville, though. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna out them right now, though. I'm not gonna out them. <laughs> what? I can't out them. I can't out them right now because, like, I got some fellas that work there that I'm really good friends with, so I don't want to out out. I can't out Pizzaville, but pulling some some shady shit. Dang. But um, the second that that happened, my girl's mom was like, "Fuck that bullshit. You want to work at Ulta?" I'm like. Um, okay, <laughs> I don't know shit about makeup, but I'll do it. So I'm doing like uh, beauty advising, uh, maybe cashier, and I'm gonna be like doing load up truck work. You worked there yet? Yeah, I, I had training Friday. Can you not take me seriously with the glasses? <laughs> <laughs> I can't, but you're, you're also talking about working at Ulta Beauty. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, I don't. <laughs> you can imagine freaking Jackie Daytona, Garbage Fry, Gavin Broussard <laughs> working at all of my aliases. Dude, it, it's actually really funny because like sometimes my dad was like, please don't act like a jackass tonight. I'm like, no, tonight I'm Jackie Daytona. <laughs> I'm not your son, dad. It's all good. We're chilling. Yeah. No, I, I, that's what's so tough about Devin and Dad. That's a well known singer. Cause like you really have to, like, if people know who your dad is, then you have to keep yourself in check. Yeah. And that should never be the case being like, okay, am I acting a fool? You should never get to that point of acting a fool. But sometime duty calls. <laughs> Dude, but I mean, you definitely had, you were definitely surrounded with people of a certain caliber. Like, I mean, that has to rub off on you a little bit. Like, Yeah, when people say that they're not influenced by others, they're fucking lying. They are lying. Definitely. out. They're lying out of their butthole, dude. It's insane. <laughs> like, holy shit. The next time somebody's like, I'm not influenced by anybody, I'm probably going to deck him in the face. It's nuts. It's bullshit. Your entire life runs on ego, to be honest. Like, what do you, what's the first thing that you think about when you wake up in the morning? Yourself. I mean, yeah, you think about yourself. You want, you don't want to go. You don't want to go to work. You don't want to get up. You're hungry. <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> and that ego is also the one telling you that be jealous of this person. Maybe you should be like that. Yeah, that's why. And not saying it's sometimes it's good to be influenced by others. 
that's why I try to surround myself with good people. And that's really the thing too. It's all about who you surround yourself with. Like you, yep. you are who you surround yourself with. And that's, you know, like leaving LSU, I love my people at LSU, but I was surrounded by maybe like worse influences and, and then coming back home and living by myself or yeah. living with my parents. I mean, you're, you're going to have a different lifestyle. You're, you're gonna have different habits. You're gonna have different, uh, perspectives because you're totally influenced by the people you surround yourself with and you got to grow up in a musical family surrounded by cats surrounded by uh unbelievable musicians and it clearly rubbed off i mean you're you're definitely one of the most creative people i know and bro i mean like that doesn't come out of nowhere it's like you have to hear a lot of music in order to create your own style oh yeah and Dude, it's weird because some of my biggest influences aren't even like hardcore musicians. Like my biggest influences range from freaking Stevie Wonder to Donny Hathaway. Yeah. And ugh, one of my biggest influences and forever will be pro was probably Blake Mills. I don't know if you ever heard of Blake Mills. Check him out. He's a really cool cat. Brilliant slide player. Another non-metal musician uh, that I like. This was the band that got me wanting to play music. All because of Back to the Future. I would say Huey Lewis in the news. Yeah. Huey Lewis was a very, very big inspiration of mine. Even when it came to like, before I changed my name from Garbage Friday to Jackie Daytona, I was about to release some like 80s pop tracks. And I was super influenced by Huey Lewis. Them guitar tracks, like if you listen to the song uh, uh, Heart and Soul, there's this freaking badass guitar harmony going on, but like before the ending of the song, and I was like, I want to do that. Yeah. I want to rock and roll. <laughs> and I grew up listening to like, back to the whole like what my dad was listening to, what's the heaviest stuff that my dad listened to. I grew up listening to, you know, uh, Freaking Joe Stark. I was listening yeah, to yeah, Joe yeah. Stark, and I'm like, that was my dad's guitar player at the time. Right. I was listening to his band, Sons of William. I was listening to, I was listening to a lot of Aerosmith. Yeah. Loving the Elevator by Aerosmith was played in the car oh. 24 fucking 7. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Dude, it was played all the time, man. And I loved every second of it. Dude, also, Sons of William was played too much. Oh my gosh. I think one, I think my pre K year, I did a <laughs> the talent show. And I think, so it was my pre K and my kindergarten year. I sang my dad's song, Evangeline Rose. And then the the first time I went to do the freaking talent show, I did Bloodshot by Sons of William. And it was the cutest thing ever. I will not <laughs> lie. Little six-year-old, five-year-old Gavin. Bloodshot, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Uh, growing up in a household like that was freaking awesome. Yeah. They, they're... Like my parents are kind of weird, so I grew up weird. <laughs> I think I told yeah. you. I think I probably told you about the bone penis story. Did no. I ever tell you about that? No. So I remember when I was younger, or vaguely, my parents remember it clear as day. I had my grandfather's dinosaur book, and 
I pointed at the bones. I was looking at my parents like, this is the leg bone. <laughs> this is the head bone. <laughs> this is the tail bone. I pointed right at the pelvis. And I look at my parents. I'm like, you know what this is? The bone penis. <laughs> and, you know, like a little five-year-old says this. They're definitely going to be like, this is fucking hilarious. Right, right, right. And we're going to take this to our graves. And so we, we, so we constantly, like, come back to that statement and just like, hey, you know what this is? The bone penis. <laughs> Dude. No, man. Dude, you and your dad definitely have a similar sense of humor, bro. Oh, it's <laughs> fucked up, man. I can't. I don't want to out my father out on this podcast. I definitely do not want to out my dad out on oh, this podcast. Dude. But we got some, we kind of got some fucked up humor. We're going we're gonna to edit something out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude. My dad had this funny ass book idea about raising children not gonna say the name of the book (laughs) but it's freaking he's gotta tell you himself and he's going to i think you're gonna get a kick out of it but no and dude me and my me and my siblings love my parents so much uh growing up uh well when i hit middle school high school i hated my parents yeah that was like the rebellious like Fuck you, mom and dad. Yeah. You know, we always hear the joke is like, you know, it's super punk respecting your parents. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, maybe I'm a pussy then. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But me and my parents did not get along when I was in middle school and high school yeah. at all. But, <laughs> Dude, I mean, it is it is hard growing up to have a changing relationship with your parents to see them as real human beings. Oh, dude. And you, know, you think you know everything. Yeah, yeah, you course. think you know everything. You're just like, when you're growing up that age, you're like, I, I know, sh- I know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> you know that, you know, like when parents will like talk to you, right? And then you say something stupid and laugh in your face. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 oh I hated yeah, it so much. Yeah, yeah. And my dad was the king of that. Yeah, bro. They, they, he was they, the king of like, if this makes sense, do you ever watch that 70s show? Yeah, of course. I was Eric Foreman, and my dad was Red Foreman. <laughs> Dead ass. I was yeah. always called a jackass or a dumbass, yeah, like yeah, yeah. straight up. <laughs> yeah. And looking back, I definitely was a jackass. Yeah. Oh my gosh, still am, dude. It sucks when they're right, bro. It <laughs> sucks. It sucks because I start like... to acknowledge it, though. I respect yeah. them. Yeah. I love my parents. We're best friends. I even apologize to them twenty four seven. Like, I'm sorry for being a little fucking shit in high yeah. school. Yeah. I, I guarantee that's the reason why my parents drink the amount that they do because they had to deal with some little shits all the time. What about your ass? Oh, oh, yeah. oh Living at the Weeper's house. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Dude, my, my, apparently my mom was talking to me. She was like, I used to cry all the time. Like, <laughs> oh, no. I'm like, damn, I'm sorry, mom. I was just like, I wasn't... A 17-year-old boy's not going to stay cooped up in his fucking house during COVID with his parents. Hell no. Yeah. I didn't do that. I told him straight up. I was like, I'm going to stay with the Weepers boys. What turned into about a month, turned into five to six months of eventually all of us at each other's throats. It was nuts. I remember I got fussed at by the bass player, like yelled at (laughs) for throwing beer balls on the side of the house. I know. Yeah, I know. But here's the thing. I was the back to the influence talk. Yeah. The first right. one to do it was the fucking singer. He was like, 
Gavin, watch this. <laughs> and so uh, yeah, a video yeah. got out, uh, and bass player was like, what the fuck are you doing? Disrespect to my house. I'm like, I'm not going to add out this. I'm not going to out out the singer. Like, I'm not going to say anything. So I just, like, took it like a man. Dang. It was nuts. Yeah, definitely some new influences for you. Oh, dude, I'm, well, like, I'm in my 20s now, so I know what to surround, like, I know what kind of people I need to surround myself with. And to be honest, I think we all grew from being in that band, Yeah, like, tremendously, especially me. I was, I talk, I used to talk a lot of shit about them and how I they were treating me, but at the same time, I was such a manipulable bitch, man. It was so bad. <laughs> Can yeah, you, what you want. I didn't have a job. I was mm. 17. Can you give me some food, please? All the time. 24-7. <laughs> Constantly stealing their beers and whatnot. No, but it was definitely very, very, very uh, scary living in that house. It was fun. I loved them to death. All those members. We still talk. And I'm grateful that we still talk. Yeah, it was the singer's birthday the other day. Yeah, there's no no need to burn bridges, man. It's uh, well, we grew together. You know what yeah. I mean? In that two to three year span, we definitely like grew with each other. Definitely had some fights. We almost got real nasty a couple of nights. But I I was also the fucking instigator <laughs> half of the time. I was a little shit. Yeah. I was sad to hear y'all break up as a band. I mean, y'all had a y'all had a good thing going. Y'all had a good uh, y'all had a good hold on your audience. And dude, I don't even know how people just really like to beat the shit out of each other for our shows. <laughs> they love beating the fuck out of each well, other. Well, I mean, if you think about it, in a time <laughs> like COVID, where the world's going crazy and everyone is a little pissed off at how things are going, I mean. People yeah. need to expel that energy. They mm. need to they need to get it out of there. I mean, punk music is definitely going to be on the up and up if the culture is is just calling for it by going crazy and yeah. and by by having these authority figures in our lives that we don't respect. I mean, we're just going to want to fucking shove somebody. <laughs> no, dude, dead dead serious, like. We had a lot of high schoolers come to the parties and whatnot, but that was only because, like, I was 17 years old, and, like, I was going to invite some high schoolers over, and it was definitely very nerve-wracking. It was like, it's a bunch of college guys, and he's got a bunch of high schoolers in the fucking house. Yeah. Probably not texting their parents where they are. <laughs> yeah. And now that I'm thinking about it, like, now I'm just like, damn, I could have gotten these boys in some fucking trouble. Yeah. But they were very cool about it. They were very yeah. like, hey, look, we understand. It's a little sketchy, but we understand, like, you want to have your friends over. That's totally fine. But now I'm thinking about it now. I'm just like, damn. Not only was my parents worrying about my ass, but I had other parents worrying about their children's asses. <laughs> oh, dude. Losers, weepers. Freaking. I remember when I got asked to join the band, too. So, I don't know if you were at their first EP drop. No, no, it wasn't. So, they, this was back when I was, like, Garbage Fry. I think I was, like, still, like, not, like, freshly Garbage Fry, but it was still, like, the first year I started that. And um, 
dude, that was 2019. That's nuts. So it was 2019. Wow. Yeah. It's 2023. Holy, Holy shit. shit. I know. Freaking what the hell? Time flies by so fast. Wow, dude. No, like, I remember, like, so it was the release party for Losers Weepers. And the singer, the singer was like, hey, you need to come to this release party. Yeah. And it was him, the bass player, and an old friend of ours on the phone. And they were joking around. They were like, we're going to give you gel tabs. We're going to give you gel tabs. We'll give you a gel tab of acid. Come on, you have to come. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to take that, but okay. They manipulated this shit out of me. They were like, everybody wants garbage fry there. Everybody, I get to the fucking party. Nobody knows who I am. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> uh, the only people that knew about me was like the bass player and singer and the, the friend of theirs and ours, but and my friends. But like, I, nobody knew who the fuck I was. I didn't know where I was either. I was like, what the hell's going on? Ended up getting really cross for that party. That was the last time I ever gotten cross in my life. And they're playing the album. And the singer looks at me because the singer and the bass player do that freaking DJ guitar duo they used to do. And the singer looks at me and goes, guitar, here we go. And I grab the guitar. I'm fucked up. I am fucked up, like way too fucked up for a 17-year-old. Oh, and I am soloing over, I think it was, it was Bulls on Parade by Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I think it was the next day, I come back to the house, to the Weeper's house, and the singer goes, hey, we're uh, looking for a guitar player right now. I'm like, I'm like, I play guitar, and he's like, that's the reason why I'm telling you, jackass. <laughs> I remember when the, the first time me and the singer hit it off real hard is when we watched Beavis and Butthead together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we're both just laughing like some animals, and we're just like, okay, yeah, we can make this work. We can make this work. I definitely annoyed the shit out of that guy for the longest time, though. Dang. I was sleeping in his bed all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Felt really bad. I'd be like, hey, can I sleep in bed with you? <laughs> I was just sleeping on the fucking couch all the time. I wanted a bed to sleep in. Yeah. And uh, he let me sleep in bed with him occasionally. Yeah. Uh, I remember when he moved to New Orleans and I was staying at his house in New Orleans, he was, he um, sometimes makes the jokes like, yeah, you're not sleeping in my bed tonight. I'm like, okay, you don't have to say that. <laughs> yeah. But, well, but it's gotta be interesting to be in a band with, with the people, with your roommates. Oh dude, it's like, freaking like weird to, to live in a house w with a punk band. The whole house is, filled up with punk motherfuckers like oh yeah and dude. you're throwing house parties at that house i mean you, you become a a friggin uh you know the center of the the center of this 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 family that you're growing this this dude. punk this punk this punk family dude a lot of people really really loved us yeah man i was one of them thank you um, I remember when we had our album release party, man, we were moshing in the living room and I was, dude, it was so tight. The fact that like we kept that fan base for such a long time, 
I, I thank my fans for that. That was awesome. Um, it just, Loose Weepers just kind of ended very rough. And then our fan base just went, <laughs> it was nuts, man. It was freaking nuts. It's yeah. so crazy how shit goes down so quick. Yeah. Especially like bigger bands, dude. Yeah. Not saying that we were a bigger band, but like once all that tension's on you, mm. that tension's on you, bro. Like yeah. it's nuts. Yeah. Like freaking one of my favorite bands just got canceled yesterday. It was freaking nuts. Dang. Sucks. So bad. It's insane. But do I miss being in Loose Weepers? Hell yes, I do. Will we ever get back together? Oh, hell no. <laughs> hell no. I I think it's... Well, you know, been there, learned that. You know, if y'all all learn from it and y'all all move on, then it's okay. But it was definitely a high school thing for me and a college thing for them. I was glad I got to be there for it, you know. <laughs> yeah, you definitely saw some shit. Yeah. You definitely, you, you've definitely come to the house a couple of times. <laughs> I, I'm thinking about this one time you came over. I think we're probably thinking the same time where we, we me and you watched YouTube videos yeah. all night. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty funny. No, man. You had a, I remember the first time you brought your setup to the house. Yeah. And I was like, Holy shart, this is badass. Because you brought your freaking um, Explorer. Yeah. And I I think Matt was the one. Oh, fuck. Shit. <laughs> it's okay. It's Dude, okay. freaking, it's so hard to go on a podcast. <laughs> Especially when you're getting more tipsy. That's all right. No, man. But uh, the singer, I think, asked, he was like, Dude, you gotta let me borrow it for a show. And you ended up. You yeah. ended up letting that motherfucker. I let him use it for a show, bro. <laughs> bro, that reminds me. It's like he wanted to use it again for another show, and I I was gonna let him, and then like he he left his guitar in the, his car, and I was like, um, yeah, d- and d- then and then like the Explorer was on the ground. And I was also just like, mm. I was like, dude, I love you, bro, but I can't let you do it. This guitar is an antique, like I. I, it would be my fault if something happened to it because I'm letting you d- use it. Like, yeah. And my dad gave me that guitar, and uh, dude, I re- I remember the guitar playing being on the floor. <laughs> but that's and okay. I mean, I was just like, I I could have expected that. I could have predicted that. Uh, no, it was man. gonna get used. <laughs> it was definitely <laughs> going to get. It was dude, getting used. <laughs> you fucked up by letting loose his weepers borrow your gear. You fucked up real bad. <laughs> but no, it's okay. It survived, dude. It definitely did, and it was. And y'all got a show out of it. Oh yeah, we did, and it was. Uh, <laughs> I actually got some. I actually got some demos done with that guitar. That's oh, sweet. Some of the freaking badass demos I recorded. That's the, some of the great sounding ones was with that damn guitar. And oh, yeah, I dude. think about that guitar sometimes I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> maybe we should ask Pablo just one more time. <laughs> dude, it plays really well, too. Let's see, y'all come shoot some demos over here. You can use it. Oh, dude, that explores something else, man. Yeah, it's great. It's a freaking battle axe. Nah, dude, I would say battle axe would be like an SG. That, too. Still a battle weapon, though. Oh, it is. Your explorer. Where did you get it again? Antique Mall in Bro Bridge, bro. Where did you get your other... Where did you get the uh, fucking... 
What's what's that vendor that you? The Meteora. Where do you get that one? Lafayette Music. Yeah, Lafayette Music. I walk in. I'll tell you this. I it was uh, it was Black Friday. No, no, no. It was the day after Black Friday. Oh, I was about to say, do not go into a store on Black Friday. Don't do it. Well, why not? Save them workers, bro. Save them oh, poor workers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're probably losing their damn minds. Well, anyway, I walk into Lafayette Music the day after Black Friday, and I see the Meteor in there, and there's some guy playing. He's making it sound real good. Oh. I'm, like, I'm like, holy shit. I've <laughs> got to pick up this guitar when he's done. And he puts it back, and I pick it up, and I'm like, oh, shit, dude. This feels like an extension of myself. Like, this feels like like me wrapped up in a guitar, and it just sounds the way I want it to sound. Oh, yeah. It looks the way I want it to look. It feels the way I think it's going to feel. And it just, I'm like, oh, dude, I got to walk out with this guitar. So I played that guitar for two hours. In the store. In the store. I played it for two hours in the store. Holy shit. And then I said, dude, look, man, I've been working all summer, like, Here's my debit card. Take it. If it works, like I'm gonna walk out with it. If it gets declined, like well, I, I, can't I don't know. Out. But like, yeah. Um, I was, but he was like, it was the day after Black Friday, so I was like, can I please get the Black Friday deal? I think it was like two thousand dollars, and I got it for seventeen hundred. Oh, and my because God. He, he gave me the deal and a card went through and that was probably like all of the like the rest of my money. I was about <laughs> I was to say, like, dude, 17, dollars. <laughs> I, like, I was just like, yes, dude, I this is the one I'm going to. And that guitar I took. I was 19 or no, I was 18 when I bought it. I was 18 and I took that guitar on like 250 plus gigs because I, I just knew that this was going to be like a, a professional enough guitar that it was going to sound, it was going to be reliable. Yeah. And I, I could, I could go gig with it and it's going to one sound good and two not fail me. And like, it's uh, a great sounding guitar. And, and it's just, it's got the Telecaster pickups. So basically just a Telecaster with a groovy looking body. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is going to be my workhorse. Yeah. And I worked it to death, bro. <laughs> I mean, it's it's all like rubbed up. It's got some paint exposed, yeah, or like the paint worn down, and it it's definitely gotten me there, man. Um, it's not really retired, but it's just uh, after I played I played it for two three years. I'm just kind of ready to look at something else. But yeah, <laughs> well, it's a great guitar to have. In oh, your yeah. collection. Oh, it's going to last a long time. The Fender Meteora from the Parallel Universe series, like, I'm going to hold on that forever. I mean, that's... Oh, dude. Tell me about that Les Paul, though. Oh, dude. The Les Paul. Dude, it's got the uh, coil taps. So so it's got the humbuckers, zebra humbuckers for the neck and, neck and bridge. Mm -hmm. And I can coil split them so it can get that single... You know, coil single yeah, coil like action. It sounds more like a more like a strat. It sounds real clean, and then I can you know put it back to the humbucker. And then no it's also it's also got a, it's also got a boost, which I like to think of it like a five watt boost because it just sounds like I'm going through a five watt amp, and it's just oh. like it just crunches the shit out of it. And it's like nine volt battery in the back. Like yeah, you hit the uh, the tone knob, and it it pops up and it turns into the, the boost and it's just like, Oh, it's now my overdrive is like a fuzz. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Sunshine of your love. I'm like, yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah, man. No dude. Uh, 
So you can you can like split the coils, split the coils, no. and, and boost it. So it's just like that's the dream guitar. Dude, right there. It's like super versatile. I mean, I could take that thing into a studio and cut a whole record, and it sound like there's a different guitar in every single song. Like, oh my gosh, that's what that's what I need. Yeah, but it's heavy as all fuck. Like it is heavy as. But shit. you got some strap locks for it though. <laughs> yeah, but it's so heavy, bro. I mean, I. I haven't played a three-hour gig in a while, but uh, I haven't played a three-hour gig in maybe like a year. What was the last time you, you uh, no, that solo gig that you did at Blue Moon? Right. That was that was just an hour long. And then when I play with Gerald, I still use it, but those are like two-hour gigs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's heavy as, as shit, but, you know, it sounds so good. I just, I got to use it, but... Two hours is not too bad. It's not too bad. Not too bad at all. I don't three hours no breaks. That's some shit. You're looking at the clock. Like you're 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 watching the clock a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> I still watch the clock. <laughs> Especially like when you like when you were pl- when I was playing Loose's Weepers, you're jumping around on stage constantly. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? yeah. So by like thirty fucking minutes, you're like, <laughs> oh my yeah, god, yeah, I need yeah. out right now. Yeah, right. You you got you, you got you looking at the set list like, okay, which song can we cut? It yeah. was nuts, but oh man, I really like that Les Paul. Yeah, I love it, man. and it sounds good too. It's so good. You just be playing with super light ass strings. <laughs> yeah, dude. It sounds freaking wonky. But, I mean, it really doesn't sound that different, bro. Dude, it's uh, a honk of wood. <laughs> it's a damn honk of wood. I'm, I need to bring my Les Paul over. It's a 1982. Yeah. 1982 yeah. Les Paul recording. Shit. And they have these, like, the pit guards are these freaking... Like you, uh, pick. It's like pickup guards, but they're like flappy that go up, and they suck so bad. I want them off. I don't know who had the guitar before besides my grandfather, but totally fucked the guitar up. But it sounds phenomenal. Dang. It sounds great. I freaking love that guitar. I just wish it wasn't so heavy. Yeah. I just need to change out the. I need to put strap locks in it. That's what yeah. I need to do. Yeah. Yeah, it makes you feel a little bit more secure, but I really need to carve some wood out the back of that guitar. Dude, carve some fucking wood (laughs) out of it. Oh my gosh. I don't know, man. Be cool one day to get a little little guitar sponsorship. Might might shoot for some Gibson, but Dude, a good yeah. I would if I got a guitar sponsorship, I would really like to I would really like to get like my own Les Paul. I love the way that those Les Pauls sound. Yeah. Either that or a Fender baritone. Oh, dude! If I can, if I can get a cool SG sent to me, bro. Oh, dude, that's I would not be upset. <laughs> no, man, freaking uh, Angus Young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that's how I almost dressed as dude. I almost dressed as Angus Young for Halloween last year. <laughs> and the short shorts, dude. I I always wear shorts that are too short for me with my skinny ass chicken legs. <laughs> I get them from my mama, dude. Swear. <laughs> you gotta go work them out, bro. You dude, I got the I got the crater legs and the Broussard gut. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't a pretty look, to be honest. Not bro. a pretty look. 
Why? I can't believe you don't say more, bro. <laughs> I know, man. I know. I guess I got the creator voice, I guess. Dang. Not even. I, I sing a little bit. Yeah, you do. You sang for your your, um, your garbage fry project. and Yeah, it was not the greatest, but I was also 16. You're doing it. Yeah. You know, you know mm. I'm still working on my voice, man. Like, I didn't think I'd even be singing as good as I am today, and I've, I've still got a lot better to get. So, Dude, man, think, look at look at Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, I know Jim. Fucking phenomenal guitar player, but sure. what is he the best singer? Right. Fuck no. Exactly. But still had hits. Yeah. Right. He was literally not even like singing fully. He was just like, hey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey. <laughs> like literally, just he's he's high as fuck. He's literally just jamming on stage and just singing while he's jamming. That's yeah. literally what he's doing. Yeah. You can do that. Dude, come check out my show. Go. Oh, when is your show? St. Patrick's Day, Blue Moon, bro. Oh, my gosh. Dude. If I ain't in New Orleans, then I'm coming. What you, what you going to be doing in New Orleans, bro? St. Patty's uh, uh, Parade. Parade, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would love to. I'm like, I don't even mind missing St. Patty's Parade in New Orleans. I'll come see your show because I haven't I missed your last solo set. Dude, this is going to be a good one. But it is also just the beginning. But, dude... <laughs> I am stoked. We got um, Dion Pierre from, he's from New Orleans, but he came in and like we, we probably only are going to get two or three practices before we go play. Um, and I already feel freaking super confident just because if my drummer and my bass player are tight, like, I mean, I just get to do me. You're chilling. I'm chilling, bro. And so it's a three piece. There's no noise. There's no fat to cut. Like yeah, everyone's doing their part, and um, it feels good. It feels, it it feels like what I've always wanted, man. I've always wanted to be in a band that I'm just a hundred percent proud of, and that I, I, dude, it's some blues rock, man. And what, well, and it, I get to be super proud of it because it's me. It's I get to do my own, all these brain children I've had, like all my original jams and all my. All my guitar work, it's it's spotlighting, spotlighting me, and that that feels good after being a hired gun for a couple of years. It's like, it's finally, dude, hell finally yes, happened. man! I'm so, happy for you. Thank you, man. You think it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be a fun time, dude? <laughs> oh yeah, it's gonna be a fun time. Yeah, huh? man. It's like, was the last show that you played fun? Like it was, it was, it was, was jump. It, it was it was okay turnout, but um. The people people enjoyed it, and I definitely enjoyed it, man. That was a good band too. And there's a lot of things I'm gonna miss about that band, but ultimately, I I'm just always trying to surround myself with people better than me, and me fucking too. And that's what it's all about. So you know, if I can stick to that, I think I'm gonna do all right. But yeah. my last band was fun too, man. I mean, that was Blake Birch and Stefan Palumbo, and I've been friends with those dudes forever, and so. It was super fun, and uh, they're cats too. So that sounded great in its own way. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Freaking every time I think of Blake Birch, I'm like, I just think of Rock Camp. Yeah, I know Rock. That Camp, was man. that was the first guy that I met at Rock Camp. Really? And guess who was the other person? Guess who was like with him? Marco. No, it was Gage Broussard. Oh, Gabe Broussard. Gabe Broussard. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was. That was. The, those were the first two people I met at rock camp. Interesting. Yeah. Weird, huh? But cats, man. Dude, some cats. I'm surprised Joe Bryson didn't go to rock camp with us. He did. Wait, he did. He did. He I'm, went for like a year or two. <laughs> proves my point. Everybody in the mamas went to rock camp. Everybody had their mamas. Everybody in the mamas went to rock camp. No, I. I had a real fun time at rock camp. It was. A blast. Yeah, man. I remember looking up to you at Rock Camp. Yeah. That freaking Freebird guitar <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. Oh, I can't believe we lost, bro. But I, I messed it up a little bit. For hey. The audition, but. Well, you still won Battle of the Bands twice. The next year, yeah. The next year, yeah. Or the, maybe the year after that, too. It was, um, it was Comfortably Numb and Creep. And we won... We won first and second place because you got to be in multiple bands and yes, that was kind of that was kind of the cheat code. But <laughs> the cheat code, <laughs> the cheat code. You saw like some other people like stay on stage as four other bands swapped out. It's like okay, well, you've auditioned four times. Like, <laughs> I guess you have kind of <laughs> a little bit of a hand up. But dude, all, four times. Yeah, bro. I mean, I didn't do it four times. I just had those two bands. They happened to win, but uh, dude, that's freaking nuts. You won with two bands. Yeah, two different bands. First You're lucky, even, place. dude. You you get lucky if you even win with a first band. I know, man. It was, and look, I've been going to rock camp since I was six years old. Wee little lad. Wee little from six years old till 17 and i wanted to win battle the bands every single year i wanted it so bad i i tried out just like, it was get it. your last year that you my won, last year there i could have technically gone when i was 18 but uh, i was working that summer so i yeah. went to till 17 and i won first and second place in the two bands that i auditioned with and uh it just made me so sad that it was only a week yeah. It's only a week long camp, dude. Felt a lot longer when I was younger. Dude, it felt so long when you would go. Yeah. You wake up early in the morning. Me and the yeah. homies, we get dropped off at rock camp. Oh, oh dude. And I would be sleeping over at my friend's house for rock camp. It would it was I think it was the second year. And we slept over at each other's houses. It was like, all right, first day of rock camp, let's send it come on let's go <laughs> it was a i remember my first year in meeting one of my two of my best friends uh one of them being marco yeah narco black yeah um meeting that boy i just surrounded myself with some cats that freaking could play it's yeah. nuts we all started playing guitar so young and we just wanted to be near some cats that also play guitar really well also another great guitar player that was in that class with me guitar player for void oh no way gabe lejeune went to rock camp gabe lejeune went to rock camp and i, I think his older brother too yeah okay well i knew his older brother went yeah from Be jebediah's band oh dude i forgot about jebediah but um so uh freaking Gabe and his older brother, they both play in LA Rocks as well. Okay. I don't know if you've ever seen LA Rocks before. I've sounds heard familiar. of You've heard of them? It sounds familiar. They play like 80s. Yeah. They play like 80s covers, like of like 80s glam covers. Yeah. Maybe some Guns N' Roses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but no, he doesn't play with him anymore. Yeah, he doesn't play with him anymore. Um, hope he's not. I hope he doesn't have listening to this. <laughs> That's all right. No, but uh, definitely we definitely found some cool cats at rock camp. Oh, dude! I mean, at so young we were thrown into the music scene, but and we all ended up just like growing to be better musicians. Yeah, and we like stuck with that path, which yeah. is freaking fantastic. Didn't stick with it, and we oh. definitely did. I think what was so cool about rock camp for us though, there the teachers like knew they were like, okay, they're they had definitely their favorites, bro. Dude, the teachers <laughs> definitely had their favorites. Um, <laughs> Uh, the teachers definitely had their favorites. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also had some solid ass teachers, man. Oh, dude, cats. I mean, we had Lafayette's local scene teaching us, which was like, yo, dude, you got Spank the Monkey, you got freaking Chad Vietar, you got Chris French, <laughs> you got freaking what is it, Joe Gary? Yeah, dude, freaking phenomenal. That was crazy, man. Chris Chris French uh, in his power stance when he plays the bass, the upright. Have you ever seen his power stance before? Oh, dude, what? He was my first guitar teacher. Chris French. Chris French was my first guitar teacher. I was, Not Chad. I was five years old, and it was at Scott Strum's in the back room. I'm getting taught. Mary had a little lamb by Chris French, and then I graduated to Chad later. But like, I'm about to say, yeah. I mean, Chris was probably my age now. Whenever I was five years old, <laughs> and now here we are. So that is so insane. That is crazy, Scott Strong. But you, you you have somewhere to be. You need to end this soon. Or? Oh no no, I was just looking at my phone. All good, man. All good. Yeah, sorry, if the hand like this was concerning. No no, all good, man. All good. Just uh, just uh, we, checking. We can been going a while, but we can go jam if you want. I'm down to do that, man. You want to go jam? Yeah, go jam. You good? Well, that's a good spot to end it, man. Well, yeah, thank really you for coming, song. bro. Let's 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 go jam, bro. Let's go fucking jam. Bye, guys. Mm-hmm.